This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I can't believe I'm about to speak on this foolishness. I cannot believe I'm about to speak on this foolishness. Devontae Adams and the camera guy, or whatever he's supposed to be. What, what, a sound guy or something? When I first saw it, immediately I thought, man, Devontae Adams is just frustrated. I mean, what was that for? I've been that frustrated after games. That's why I just storm off and don't talk to anybody or anything. But to just push somebody like that, I was like, come on. That's just crazy, man. I thought the guy was just standing there and he just pushed him out the way. Nah. I look at another angle and it kind of changed my view. So the other angle I saw, because the first angle I saw was kind of from the side. Kind of like you're in the stands, like parallel to where um, Devontae Adams was walking. Saw that angle from TV and social media. Then... I saw the angle of the camera that's like directly like following Devontae Adams. And this guy just comes out of nowhere and just runs in front of Devontae Adams. Not just don't know where he's going. Just running. No regard for anything around him. Just running with some equipment in his hands. And Devontae Adams shoves him. I really think that. Devontae Adams shoved him because he didn't really have time to process what was happening. Like, some random guy just runs towards him. It could have been a crowd stormer. It could have been anybody. I guess his fight or flight senses, his fight or flight senses activated. And his reaction was to push him. I'm going to just give him the fight or flight excuse. I'm going to just give him that. Now, it would have just been better if he immediately helped him up. But I think he was just so frustrated. He was like, why is this guy in my way? And just went on about his business. Once he had time to really relax and think about what happened, he apologized. Well, it also helps that um, some people showed him the video. Probably as soon as he got in the locker room, people showed him the video. And you know how fast things spread on social media. So that could have happened as well. But I'm on Devontae Adams' side. Like, this guy filed a police report. And now Devontae Adams got to go to court in November. I don't know what the next steps are for Devontae Adams, but I'm curious to see. Does he go to court in November? Does he get the court date pushed back? What happens? Or does the NFL or Devontae Adams just pays the money and it goes away? So apparently the guy had a concussion and whiplash. I mean, concussion is just nothing to really. I mean, it's nothing to really overlook, but it looked like he was okay. And then, you know, on the lawsuit or the police report, the guy's name and address is all on. The, the report in this public record, I'm like, man, I hope no one, you know, bothers the guy. 
I mean, I know the lawsuit's kind of ridiculous, and almost everyone agrees with that. Most people agree that the lawsuit's just taking it a little bit too far, and it's just, to me, a waste of time because it's, it's an accident. But Devontae Adams just maybe should have just, I think both guys should have just been aware of their surroundings. I think if that happened, this this whole thing would be a nothing burger. The guy wouldn't have ran and wouldn't have been running in the way and got pushed. And Devontae Adams wouldn't have been, you know, so unaware of someone running that he would have just pushed out of maybe, you know, pushed out of, like, self-defense. I'm trying to find a word. Like it was in his nature or something. Like he didn't intentionally seek him out and push him. It was just a fast reaction. It was just reflexes. That's that's how I see it. But, you know, it's it's gonna be a debate. Um it's gonna be a debate till we all forget about it and go on to the next thing. I think that's already happened. But man, I was crazy. And also, there's no way he would have been that frustrated if the Raiders didn't go for two when they were down one. They could have just kicked the field goal and tied the game. Also, fourth and one or fourth and two, you throw like a verticals play. You don't run the ball. You don't throw a short route. What is you doing? And you had a 17-point lead. It's just the Raiders fumbled that so bad. This team is just a disappointment. But they're talented enough to change it. All that led to the Devontae Adams push thing, which is just, oh, boy. Honestly, at the scene, that other angle, I really, I, I started calling the guy a, a grifter, a drifter, a grifter for wanting to get all this money out of the NFL and Devontae Adams. But I think he's going to be disappointed. <laughs> I really do. Even if he do get the money, I mean... I'm not sure. I'm, I doubt he's going to get as much as he was looking for. I just think it was an accident on both sides. And it's just you guys got to watch where you're going. Seriously. What are you doing? Now, on to the Draymond Green thing. See, I wasn't going to talk about it. This is another thing I wasn't going to talk about until I found out Draymond Green wasn't getting suspended. What? And Draymond Green, he plays with a lot of emotion. You know what's crazy? He got suspended for the KD thing, but he doesn't get suspended for that. Wow. He just straight up, he just straight up socked Jordan Poole. I don't know what would have caused that. What did Jordan Poole say that made Draymond Green sock him? And I'm sure opponents have said worse, and Draymond Green never did that i mean the only the only pass i'm going to give the warriors is that i don't know how i don't know what was said in the aftermath i don't know how as a team they came together and put this behind them i'm not sure what what type of meetings they had i I really don't because i'm like conventional wisdom says he should be suspended 
at the same time, I think Devontae Adams should be fine, and a lot of people think he should be suspended. I'm like, no, that was an accident. Camera guy got to figure out where he's going. And in the Draymond Green thing, he should be suspended because that's just ridiculous. We just going to fight teammates, but... Hey, uh, I guess the Warriors just saw it as a learning experience and just a disagreement among teammates. So they're just trying to move forward. They're just trying to use it to uh, bring themselves closer as a team. You know, I still think he should have got suspended. It's another Draymond antic, and it's just I guess the antics don't get to don't get old, but. He means so much to the team that I guess you just move forward and just just deal with it until he retires. That's probably their plan. Insane. Man, anyway, I can't believe I'm talking about this. The Commanders and Bears went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Shout out to all the people who watched this game. And was genuinely disappointed. Game over. Ha! Suckers. Man, come on, man. Two weeks in a row, Thursday night football was trash. But yet, two weeks in a row, I come away kind of entertained. Now, I was more entertained last week because... The reactions and the memes to the Broncos and Colts were hilarious. People were overreacting. People were just losing their minds over bad football. You're still watching it. Dog, the crowd shots of the Broncos fans were all-time great. But what happened yesterday, I mean... I. I watched less of this game because at the same time, Baylor and West Virginia was on, and that was a complete opposite game. It was back and forth. No one could stop anybody, and it it ended, it came down to the wire. It was a three-point game. It was 43-40. Also, I had a fantasy basketball draft, and the Caps were playing, so, you know, I was in and out of this game. But, you know, this game was 3-0 at halftime. Now, when the Commanders and Bears were announced on last Thursday, I knew it was going to be a trash game. Both media, both media members knew it was going to be a trash game. But then the game actually happened, and it it just lived up to the hype. And I was dying laughing, not at the fan. The fan reaction was kind of, it didn't make me laugh as much this time. But, oh, RG3 made me laugh, though. He's hilarious. But (laughs) what made me laugh the most is typical Washington Commanders football because usually when I watch them play, it's, it's a joke. It's hilarious. They always be messing up. They be loafing. Their franchise is a joke. It's just 
every time I turn around, they doing something dumb. And then the Bears. The Bears. You just got to be kidding me. I, I, I'm just. You just put your hands on your head. You just scratch your head. Like, they get stopped at the one. Um, They get stopped at the one. They fumble a punt. It's just, they should have won the game. They outgained the commanders. Wentz only had 99 yards passing. But to be fair, his receivers were dropping passes. But also, he was missing wide open players. It's just a comedy of errors and coaching mistakes that came down to the last play of the game, just like the Broncos and Colts. And the team that should have won the game somehow don't get in the end zone. And I'm just like, terrible. Just terrible. Justin Fields, bro, when Justin Fields broke that 40-yard run with less than a minute to go, to put the Bears at the five, I swear I thought they were going to win. But then again, it evens out because, to be fair, the Commanders were in the same situation against the Titans. They were, like, at the two-yard line, no timeouts, 19 seconds ago. Similar situation, and they didn't get in, and they lost. Terrible play calling. They get in the same situation on defense. Terrible play calling. They got lucky. A few drop passes. So it evens up. If stuff happened the way it was supposed to happen, we'd still end up at Commanders 2-4. and four. I just thought about that literally on the fly. But still, the point still remains. The Commanders are trash. The Bears are trash. And if the Eagles lose to either of these teams, I'm going to be heated. Period. Trash. And you know that. Now let me move on. Speaking of the bird. Now, on Sunday night, are y'all ready to see some real football? 5-0 and Eagles versus 4-1 and Cowboys. Get ready to see some real football. D- listen. I hope Jordan Malata is playing. I, I guess he is. Jordan Malata versus Micah Parsons or um, Lawrence. Lawrence on the other side, big number 90. Or and Lane Johnson versus these two as well. I, I, I'd love to see it. Jason Kelsey doing his thing. I'd love to see our offensive line versus their defensive line. That's other than the Cooper Rush versus Jalen Hurts matchup. This is the matchup I want to see. Our offense versus their defense, especially our our O-line and their D-line. Can't wait to see it. Man, listen. The Eagles are 5-0. They barely beat the Cardinals. Kyler Murray was just being Kyler Murray as, as expected. He, you know, some good plays, some bad plays, some amazing plays. And, but at the end, he was going to put them in position to win, and they, he did, or to at least go to overtime, and the kid missed the field goal. Thank God. Because that Arizona team, I knew when the Eagles went up 14-0 
that the game was far from over because Arizona been doing this all year. They get down and they come right back and they're in it at the final whistle. Now, whether they win or not, that's just up to the team. Sometimes they pull away in the fourth quarter like they did against Carolina. But like I said, that team was a second-half team, and we withstood that and won the game. I'm proud. But now it feels like none of those five wins matter unless they beat the boys. We got to beat the Cowboys, our hated rival. It, I would be sick. They win all these games. Just to lose to the Cowboys and be five and one. And the Cowboys take first place at five and one. And this, you know, this uh fairy tale about Cooper Rush possibly being better than Dak and him having a positive momentum and you gotta ride with him for the rest of the season. Man, we gotta end that. He only threw for a hundred and two yards versus the Rams. The only reason you beat the Rams because their offense is broken. That's it. You're not beating the bird when we are clicking on both sides of the ball. Your only chance is to A, keep our offense off the field, and B, defensively, you just got to be disruptive on your with your defensive line and I don't think so because well we definitely have a better offensive line than the Rams have a better offensive line than the Commanders man listen the best offensive line you played against was the Buccaneers and you lost you're done you gonna respect the bird and that is the word <laughs> If you don't know, you better ask somebody. Now, oh my God. So Matt Rule got fired. I told y'all part of the reason why Baker is struggling is because of this coaching staff. And the Panthers see it too. This team is not good. And everyone can see it. So that's one step. That's one step in the reclamation project. Of not only the Panthers, but Baker Mayfield is getting rid of Matt Rule. However, and they've been calling for Matt Rule's job for like the last two years. Before Baker and during Baker. However, right after that, it was discovered that Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain and he's out for like two to six weeks. For whatever reason, Sam Darnold is still out. So now we're left with P.J. Walker and Matt Corral. But Baker is hurt. And, and, you know, people are still saying he's trash and he was going to get benched anyway. No, he was not. He got hurt again. This is not looking good for Baker. He didn't start off the season well, despite, I don't know, a questionable offensive line and questionable coaching. Now he's hurt. I think we have seen the last of Baker Mayfield as a starter. It's a shame because this guy is a folk hero and a legend. Now 
he's going to be an NFL backup, and I'm sick. Maybe, you know, he might be a low-end starter somewhere. You know, I mean, Geno Smith is starting in Seattle, and you see how that's going. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe he could start at a place like that. Jameis Winston starting. The opportunity is still there. It's just I think he's one and done in Carolina, and I think he's gone. It's a shame, and people just still going to say he's trash, he's overrated, he's a bust, and just the disrespect is going to be real. When this guy gets healthy, he's he's probably going to play, but it's going to be meaningless games for the Panthers. And they're probably, oh boy, their record is probably going to be awful. But if somehow, some way, they're in the playoff chase, maybe they'll put him back in the game. but Or maybe they'll just keep P.J. Walker starting because I guess Baker hasn't shown them much. But I'm sick that he's hurt. Well, I, I guess the time has come. I don't know what team he's going to be on next year, but hopefully he's on the NFL roster. I mean, you've got to be kidding me with some of these quarterbacks that are on NFL rosters right now, and you don't think Baker Mayfield can be one of them quarterbacks? This is crazy. But, you know, I hope he gets well soon. It's a shame this season is not gone according to plan. Um, he's on one of the worst offenses in the league, and which is unbelievable because Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore are incredible talents and I'm just sick. I mean, come on, man. Wow. Best of luck to Baker Mayfield going forward. I don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but the Mets choking is complete. Game over. Ha ha. You choked. And I love it. See, like I said in the last episode. It wasn't last. It was two episodes ago. I said, expect the Mets to choke in October like they used to do. I was like, this is not their year. And they have not played well since like August. Like I said. They were losing games in September, won't make it to November. They weren't even close. And I love it. All of them wins against the Nationals, all them meaningless wins against the Nationals, you beat them what? I don't know, 14 times? Meaningless. It's all meaningless. Now you're at home watching the playoffs with the rest of us. And guess who had the dagger hit a familiar face Juan Soto what you brought out Edwin Diaz you played the trumpets and once I saw that whole ordeal happen with you know Edwin Diaz coming out them playing the trumpets and 
some of the crowd clapping because they weren't really feeling it. They were down for nothing. Once I saw the dog and pony show, I start rolling my eyes and I said verbatim, I'm so glad I don't have to see this anymore. And what happened right after that? Maybe two batters into it. A man named Juan Soto, a Nationals legend, came up the bat, hit a ball down the third baseline and scored two runs. That was the end of that. Juan Soto ended Edwin Diaz and his walk-up song. I love it. It was a great excuse to root for Soto and Bell once again. And Bell hit a really big home run in game one of that wildcard series. I, I, I just love it. I love it. The Padres, I've never been a fan of the Padres more than I am right now. And I hope they go all the way because I don't like the Braves. I'd rather the Padres have success over the Dodgers. The Phillies, while I like them, they have Bryce, they have Schwarber. I still would rather the Padres win. And Juan Soto could be a two-time champion. I would love it. But they're in a dogfight with the Dodgers. It's 1-1. Now, they lost game one, of course. I mean, Dodgers the best team in the league. And, you know, you're at, you're at LA, you're in L.A. But then, typical Kershaw in the playoffs, other than 2020, because, I mean, it's a pandemic and stuff wasn't normal. So, you know, of course, he came up big then. But, you know, game two, you know, you got to Kershaw and um, you outdoed them. So now it's 1-1 going back to San Diego. That, that series is up for grabs. And I'm hoping for the best for San Diego. Now, uh, what else? Um, the Astros and Mariners is pretty exciting. The Mariners, the Mariners were one strike away from beating the Astros in game one. And then Jordan Alvarez, one-two pitch, he sends one into orbit. And they win the game. I'm like, wow. And then once again, the Mariners were up 2-1 in game two. They were winning most of the game. And then Jordan Alvarez again. Bruh, they just got so many guys. Him, they got Altuve and Bregman. Bregman hit a really he he had a he had a um a really important home running game two as well. I mean, game one as well. Uh, this kid, I've never heard of this Pena kid, but he's a young, he's a young guy. Um, he had another really, he, he had a really key run late in the game, game two. I mean, the Mariners really wasted their opportunity to go up 2-0. Especially to that raucous crowd in Seattle. That crowd is going to be nuts. For them to have the advantage, 1-1 or 2-0 would have been huge. But then again, 
talking from experience, that Astros team, that veteran Astros team is something different, man. Like, we had an insane crowd at Nats Park, sold out, mostly Nats fans, and they came and handled business, won all three games in Nats Park in that World Series. So, I mean, it's over, man. It's it's over. They're going to lose 3-1. You should have won game one for sure. You were one pitch away. So, it looks like the Astros are going to win that series. Uh, Yankees, Indians starting off slow. Uh, Yankees won game one. Game two got rained out. I guess most of the rain was in New York and not here. I mean, it was raining off and on yesterday. But not like it was in New York, apparently. Uh, what's the other series? Oh, Phillies and Braves are tied up. Phillies just punched the Braves in the mouth game one, and then the Braves just played outstanding defense game two. Uh, Cal Wright is really that dude. Um, and they were making some ridiculous catches in the outfield and in foul territory. The Braves handled business in game two. Now, I don't know what they're going to do in Philly. Like I said, that 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 crowd is going to be insane. The Eagles are doing well. Now the Phillies are in the playoffs. Man, this crowd ain't going to know how to act. But, you know, the Braves are defending champs. They're going to handle business. I, but at the end of the day, this series is coming back to Atlanta. Game five in Atlanta. Get ready for it. I said it here first. I'm just saying. I don't think the Phillies are good enough to take two at home. And the the Braves are just, they just got too much in their arsenal to lose two in a row and go home. Yeah, I mean, great playoffs. It's fun, man. It's fun. I love it. Uh Got to watch more of it. <laughs> man, for real, man. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, my God. Sooner football. What a disgrace. What a disgrace. How do you lose to Texas? First of all, how do you even lose to Texas? Second of all, how do you lose 49 to nothing? Damn! Unbelievable. It makes you embarrassed to be a Sooner fan. Now, I didn't get to watch this game. I wasn't in Dallas. I had to ref two games. And I found out about the final score immediately after refing my second game, which was, I'm going to be real with you, it was a disaster. But, you know, as soon as the game's over, I check it and I yell, I can't believe this. I was like, "Why? I'm not a Sooner fan no more. I spoke too soon. I'm still going to ride with the team. I All these years I put in as a Sooner fan, I can't just jump ship now. But, man, this is bad. It's worse than I ever imagined. You got ran off the field by TCU. And then you get ran off the field by Texas. Now, I was looking at the highlights, 
And I think they would have been okay if they converted in the red zone and they didn't throw a jump pass out of a wildcat that fooled nobody. They would have been okay. And then, you know, another thing I saw is just way too many people out of position. The DBs getting bullied. Like, the DBs getting bullied on runs. DBs just getting pancaked left and right. They're taking bad angles. And in the passing game, it's not like Quinn Ewers is doing anything special. The guys are getting the spots. They're out. They're out positioning you, and they're scoring jump ball touchdowns and stuff. Like what? What am I watching? And Vegas has the Sooners as a nine-point favorite against Kansas. The same Kansas that not only has a better record than us, they just been playing better. Period. And they almost beat TCU with a backup quarterback. Their starting quarterback is out for, I don't know how long, but he's definitely out of this game. Their backup quarterback threw for damn near 300 yards or over 300 yards. But we're a nine-point favorite? The, The people in Vegas must expect Dylan Gabriel to play. Just because he plays doesn't mean we're going to win. I don't know what happened to this team, but they've been getting punished. And it's just really gut check time. It's really time to see who's really a fan and who's not. Who really can play and who can't. Because this is ridiculous. You know, I started thinking that it must have been God's plan for me to ref two games and miss OU Texas. I said it must have been God's plan for me to miss OU Texas. It was a catastrophe. It was a beatdown. I've never seen, well, I have seen a Sooner team get pushed around like this, but in three straight games? This is not normal. And I'm sick. And, of course, the fan base is divided. I mean, it's usually divided anyway, but now more than ever. I, I don't know. I We got people saying we're not even going to make a bowl game. If we don't make a bowl game, now, this is one of them programs where 7-5 and five can get a whole staff fired. This could be one of them 7-5 and five seasons. Get ready for it. But we're not going to be no three and nine. This team is way too talented and got way too much pride to be three and nine. We're going to win again. I'm kind of saying they're going to beat Kansas, but it's probably going to be by like three points. That's why I can't wait to go to MGM and make this bet before they announce Dylan Gabriel isn't playing. I mean, yeah, because when they do, the line is going to shift tremendously. Let me go make that bet now. While I have a chance. Man. This is crazy. Now. Already. The Caps. Are looking like Cap. And this is real facts. Here we go again. See starting off the season. 
exactly how we ended it. The Caps being all cap. Here we go again. Bro, we lost to the Bruins. We started off down 2-0. Battled back. And then gave up three more goals. Now, the last one, I didn't even know happened. It was one of those, you know, you take out the goalie and extra defender and they get a cheap little insurance goal. Yeah, okay, whatever. Still, it was 2-2, bro. You have got to be kidding me. And then, you know, against the Maple Leafs, once again, we get up 2-1. Only to give up two more goals. And, of course, Austin Matthews, just like the last time we played the Maple Leafs, scored game-winning goal. Or am I mixing him up with uh, Connor McDavid? I don't know. I, I don't know. We have trouble with both guys, so it doesn't matter. So, wow. Everyone's calling for Carlson's head. They say he's old, overpaid, needs to be traded or cut. It's only two games. But, man, this is not good. Already 0-2. Already. Now, usually the cap cycle begins with the Caps just playing outstanding hockey and racing out to the league's best record. The cap cycle seems to be in reverse. It seems like they're starting awful. So that means they're going to pick it up midseason and they're going to be back in the form because, you know, it's hard to have a team with Ovi and we'll get Backstrom back. We don't have him right now. With Ovi, Backstrom, Oshi, and Kunetsov, with, with these guys, it's hard to, with these guys, be trash. It's hard to be trash and not bounce back. We were in both of those games. And these two teams are decent, at least. But you got to get it together, man. Is This is looking like... This is basically looking like the same old first-round exit playoff caps. Now, I could look at it one way. It's it's either the beginning of a painful rebuild, or I could look at it as the veteran team is starting off slow. They got a few new pieces, and they're going to get it together. They're going to hit their stride, and we'll be in the playoffs, and they'll be dangerous because they got they got a lot of veterans with playoff experience. I am kind of going to take that approach, but it, this is not looking good, and I'm sick. I don't like losing to the Bruins, especially after they put us out the playoffs two years ago. Let's just get it together, man, and let's beat Pittsburgh whenever we play them. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, oh, my God. Now we got to get to the Golden L standings for the spring and summer. I split it up into two seasons, spring and summer, and then fall and winter. Uh, Spring and summer included D.C. United, Washington Spirit, Washington Nationals, and Washington Mystics. Now, this is the final standings for the spring and summer. Well, before I get to that, I will say the winner of the Golden L in the fall in the fall winter will go against the spring summer winner in a in a big hypothetical for the Platinum L, for the giant Platinum L. Who is the team 
that take the most L's of them all. And basically, you you know, in, in GOAT level, in the GOAT level brand, the L's are lessons that make you a legend. So who is the team that learned the most lessons that will eventually make them legends? Let's get into these spring-summer standings. Everyone completed their season now. So coming in fourth, the only good team on this list, the Washington Mystics, 22-14. and 14. That's a 6-11 winning percentage. That's a 61% winning percentage. They made the playoffs as a fifth seed. Unfortunately, they had to respect the bird, just like most of the NFL. And they got put out by the Seattle Storm. Very disappointing. They started off 5-0. A disappointing end. A very solid team. Could have won it all, but just fell apart and just didn't have the horses to compete with Seattle. Shame. And they're kind of like the Capitals. Well run, but their stars are getting older. They're not getting any younger. And, well, hopefully the rebuild isn't starting anytime soon. Coming in third. Somehow, it's the Washington Nationals at 55 and 107. That's a 34% winning percentage. Unbelievable. They were just trash all year. And you knew things were going to get even worse when we traded away Soto and Bell. The rebuild has started. The tanking has started. They are for sure going to have a top three pick in the draft this upcoming spring or summer. I don't know when it is. Glad the season's over. They had some wins that I just don't understand how they got. And that's probably why they're third and not first or second. Coming in second, this is the most disappointing team on the list. The Washington Spirit, who finished 3-9-10 the year after winning the championship that's a 36 percent winning percentage oh wait actually i got that wrong they're supposed to be in third so flip that washington spirits in third washington nationals are in second so yeah forget that line about the nationals not being first and second they're they're in second but washington spirits in third very disappointing. I didn't get to get to a game. They finished the season losing their last three games. And I'm just like, how? How? They tied 10 times. How is that possible? I, I just don't understand. And honestly, two of their games, they won in September. So they had one win for the majority of the season. I don't understand what will happen. Why they fell off so quickly. But they're right there in the trash heap with the rest of these teams. They fired their coach. That that helps, I guess. Maybe helps for next year, but it ain't helped for this year. But however, the champion, your Golden L winners for spring-summer seasons of 2022, D.C. United. You trash. 
awful. Their disaster of a season is over too. How are you a professional soccer team and you lose 21 times? 7, 21, and 6. At least Washington Spirit fought in all those games and tied 10 times. Bro, you tied six times, lost 21, 21 losses. And some of them games were not even close to being competitive. You lost to, you lost to Philadelphia Union at Philadelphia, 7 nothing. You lost to Philadelphia Union in D.C., 6 nothing. Didn't matter where y'all played. Every time you played Philadelphia Union, you got slaughtered. Not sure how they beat Orlando twice. Not sure how they played that close game with Atlanta. Um, Got killed by Columbus at Columbus. Um, I I knew it was going to be a rough season when I saw that game live. And like I said in that episode with Zach, it's just just very sloppy offensive play. Defensively, they committed a lot of fouls. They just didn't look right. And Taxi didn't even play against Columbus. He didn't. He was the shining light on our team. We made a bunch of trades in the middle of the season, and we got uh, Wayne Rooney. It didn't matter. Still trash. Still lost to Philly by a million points. And I'm just like, hopefully things can change. See what Wayne Rooney can do with a full offseason and a full regular season because this is bad. This is awful. They have a 29%, 29% winning, a 29 winning percentage. That's crazy. Just awful. Maybe I'll go to a game next year. Actually, I will because I can't stay away. But these guys are not good. And they are your golden L champions for the spring summer. And they will be awaiting whoever is the worst team out of Washington sitcom, a.k.a. the Commanders, uh, Washington Wizards, Washington Capitals. Washington Capitals already 0-2. Washington Commanders are 2-4. So, (laughs) the D.C. United versus Commanders hypothetical would be interesting. (laughs) Oh, man. Had an ending in mind, but I choked like the Denver Broncos. It's all good, though. Just wait till the next episode. It's going to be dope. But GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. It's never too late to get on the bandwagon. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.